0: We have a Hello, good evening, it's Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number is 404 872 one wsb talk I, I, I got to begin the show real quick on, on a very personal note. Um, I was spent a, a good bit of time last night with doctors. Uh, you guys know about my lung clot, blood clot situation Several years ago, I have one of the, the weirdest side effects from when you get a lot of, of clots in your lungs is for five, six years thereafter or so. The pulmonologist tells me your lungs occasionally can just swell up um, if there's a low pressure system coming like this, this tropical depression thing in in the Gulf Gulf, what have you. It causes problems and I could tell I wasn't feeling right before the show yesterday and wound up going to the doctor. I uh, was there for a long time uh, with, with just lung issues, but... But I, I just, I heard Belinda's virtual imaging uh, commercial and, you know, every time one of these things happens, you go in and, and your, many of your symptoms are a heart attack and s- virtual imaging, they send you this you uh, thumb drive with all your scans. And I actually went to virtual imaging about a month or so ago on the advice of some of the folks here and did the scan and my heart is, is excellent. Um, no blockages, no buildup, nothing. I've, I've got great scores. And so I was able to take them the thumb drive with me to say, you know, you don't have to go through all the stuff thinking of it. It's my heart and everything here. You can look at the scans and see for yourself uh, that it's perfect and save me a lot of time and hassle. Last night of the house. And I'm fine now. Uh, steroid shot, uh, some pain medicine and, and other other medicines and treatment, breathing treatment. I'm good. But nonetheless, I heard that virtual imaging commercial. I thought, you know what? I have real world experience with virtual imaging. Uh, and thanks to them, they say got me quicker treatment because of having that thumb drive with me. Now, I can get through that and get into the Democratic Civil War, which is just crazy crazy oh wait no 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 i'm sorry i have some breaking news there's so many things happening like at this very moment uh i have breaking news a uh, video clip it literally just dropped uh so the democrats in georgia they're beginning their primary and, and it was funny a buddy of mine i hope he's listening uh he doesn't like it when i when i give him a shout out because because everybody knows who i'm talking about uh, but he, he he texted me yesterday and he said that um he thinks that one of the things that's going to happen in the democratic primary here for the senate in georgia is that ted terry's entrance is going to pull candidates to the left and, and i think he's right uh ted terry is a very likable guy by by all accounts all the people i know who know ted terry he is the mayor of clarkston uh the millennial mayor who's on queer eye for the straight guy as as one of the people getting a makeover he grew la resistance beard he's very very progressive uh, he's He works for the Sierra Club. He wants legalized marijuana. He's a sanctuary city advocate, all these sorts of things. And also a very, very nice guy. And Ted Terry's entrance into this race is going to mean that... All of the candidates are going to move to the left. Uh, Ted Terry is going to drag everybody to the left because he's such a dynamic guy. He could never get elected in the state of Georgia with his politics, but he'll drag everyone else over to the left. And guess what? The beneficiary of that here in Georgia is David Perdue, just like nationally, the Democrats running to the left is helping Donald Trump. Well... There is proof of that today. This very day, video has come forward of Teresa Tomlinson. Now, you've probably never heard of Teresa Tomlinson. You will. She's raising money. She is the Democrat running for the Senate. She is the one. They couldn't get Stacey Abrams, so Teresa Tomlinson was second fiddle. Uh, She's the one who stepped forward into first chair for the Democrats because the one they wanted wouldn't run. She's the a uh, former republican became a democrat ran for mayor of columbus muskogee uh, her her big issue is hey i'm good on gay rights but i'm a business i'm a business person and businesses love me well <laughs> oh this is teresa tomlinson reacting to ted terry coming into the race teresa tomlinson do you fear progressive like ted terry in your primaries what's that do you fear progressive like ted terry
1: Actually, in your primaries I
2: have a- Score than Ted Terry. I'm at 98.53 on the Democratic scoring, and he's only a 97, but Ted and I are both good Democrats and progressives. The difference is, I've actually been able to implement progressive policies on a broad scale. Columbus, Georgia is the second largest city in the state, 200,000 people, and we've been able to actually implement broad progressive policies. So it's exciting. Better better governing principles uh, for the people of Georgia.
3: I'd like to hear that. Thank you so
0: much. Thank you so so much. Bye-bye. I'm more progressive What is this score by the way I'm a 98.5 and he's a 97 So I'm more progressive than him by a point And I actually had a bigger city Where I could implement failed policies (laughs) I mean this is just Do you feel
3: progressive like Ted Terry in your primaries if you're a progressive like Ted Terry Actually, in your primaries... I have
2: a higher progressive score than Ted Terry.
0: Oh, really? I'm a 98.53. I'm a 98.53 and he's a 97. I'm an ISTJ. He's an ESTJ. And he may be more extrovert, but more people elect politicians who are ISTJ because I'm a 98.55. <laughs> what is this? And what is this score?
2: more than Ted Terry. I'm at 98.53 on the Democratic scoring, and he's only a 97, but Ted and I are both good Democrats and progressives. The difference is I've actually been able to implement progressive policies.
0: She's been able to implement progressive policies. This is is like the dream for David Perdue. This is I mean, where, where does the scorecard come from? Do the Democrats sit down in a room and say, okay, we're going to take the progressive scorecard test now? We want to see are you emotion and feeling? Do you say, I feel or do you say, I think? Okay, question number one a boy becomes a girl and his girlfriend no longer wants to date her because the girlfriend's not a lesbian, is the girlfriend a bigot? <laughs> Oh yeah, they're both like Yes, 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 how dare she? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a ninety eight point five three 10s a ninety seven on the on the Democratic Court. Good gracious people. <laughs> This is what we have to look forward to. This is why Ted Terry's interest into the race is the gift that we'll keep on giving for David Perdue. All of the Democrats are going to have to get to the left of this guy because they're scared of him because he's young. He's got a base of support. He's got the environmental street creds in the state that Democrats love. And so people like Teresa Tomlinson are going to move to the left and then going to brag about it. I've got a higher score on the scorecard this is going to be epic. I mean, what are the other questions they ask on this Democratic test? (laughs) Che or Mao? Actual answer? Both. (laughs) Or maybe you got to give more points to Mao because Che wound up not actually being as successful as Mao. (laughs) Didn't kill as many people or stay in power as long. (laughs) Who comes up with this stuff? But here we have Theresa Tomlinson on video now, on video, saying she's more progressive than Ted Terry and was able to implement progressive policies. These people are going to be fantastic to watch for the next few months. By the way, this all goes into the Democratic Civil War we're seeing playing out across the country. Uh, the Justice Democrats, that's the group of Democrats led by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, man. That woman, she's like Congresswoman Mao. Uh, they want to challenge other Democrats around the country. And do you know what group they're targeting? This, this is phenomenal. The group that they're challenging is the Congressional Black Caucus. The Congressional Black Caucus is a progressive group, but they're not as progressive as AOC, And so they're being primaried around the country. The Justice Democrats are announcing they're primarying them. This comes on the heels of Nancy Pelosi telling them to stop doing what they're doing, telling Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to stop blasting her colleagues on Twitter. Well, House colleagues are starting to, to pick a fight. With AOC and with the progressive justice Democrats, one Democratic insider on Capitol Hill referred to them as incompetent nerds. I kid you not. And they've also got the, the best troll involved on planet Earth. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez refers to Nancy Pelosi as a racist, says that she's clearly targeting women of color in the House conference. Nancy Pelosi is livid with this. AOC is forced to walk it back, and now she says it's, it's not really that she's a racist, it's that she's just trying to keep people sending hate mail uh, and death threats towards Alexandria. This is actually her response. No, I don't really mean that Nancy Pelosi's a racist. I just mean she's trying to get me killed. That That's actually her response to see it in. Well, entering the fray is America's favorite troll who has sided with Nancy Pelosi. Uh,
4: well, I think Cortez who kept Amazon out of New York, and they don't like her for that. Thousands and thousands of jobs. I think Cortez is being very disrespectful to somebody that's been there a long time. I deal with Nancy Pelosi a lot, and we go back and forth, and it's fine. But I think that a group of people is being very disrespectful to her. And you know what? I don't think that Nancy can let that go on a group of people that came from, I don't know where they came from. I'm looking at this Omar from Minnesota, and if one half of the things they're saying about her are true, she shouldn't even be in office. But Cortez should treat Nancy Pelosi with respect. She should not be doing what she's doing. And I'll tell you something about Nancy Pelosi that you know better than I do. She is not a racist, okay? She is not a racist. For them to call her a racist is a disgrace.
0: So, what are Democrats going to do? Are they going to say that Donald Trump is right or are they going to say he's wrong? If they say he's right, they're saying he's right about something and he's right about Nancy Pelosi. If they say he's wrong, They're saying Nancy Pelosi's a racist. What are they going to do? Well, obviously, you know, what's going to happen is the media is not going to ask the Democrats what they think about Donald Trump's remarks. That's the only way they can avoid this. The only way the media can avoid getting Democrats on the record saying Donald Trump is right about something is to avoid asking them, which is what they seem to be doing. But, I mean, America's foremost troll knows how to get into this now. He's defending Nancy Pelosi against the Justice Democrats. You know what that's going to do? That's going to make a lot of progressive Democrats attack Nancy Pelosi because in their mind, Donald Trump can never... Never be right. He's just, I mean, pouring gasoline on a fire. 404 WSB Talk. Them's the numbers. Mike in Marietta, you are going to be first tonight. Welcome.
3: Hey, Eric. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Uh, look, I just wanted to uh, touch base with you a second and this this Ted, you call him the millennial mayor? Yeah, that's um, what
0: everybody calls that, him, apparently.
3: Okay. Well, you say he's a nice guy, and I just can't, you know, I just don't understand how anybody that wants to house illegals and make you and me pay for them uh, to be here uh, can be a nice guy. It's got to be an act. Well, I mean,
0: OK, so th- this you, is you know, this is my part part of my problem with, with modern American politics is how we've so in, internalized these things into tribes. I mean, a Democrat would tell you that they don't think Donald Trump can be a nice guy because he's cheated on three wives with porn stars and whatnot. And, and would you say Donald Trump's a nice guy?
3: Well, um, if we're talking about a leader of law and a country, that's one thing as far as personal but
0: we 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 decided that back in the Bill Clinton days. Well, but so but, but 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 was Bill was Clinton a good guy? Was Bill Clinton a nice guy? Uh, I mean, Bill Clinton seems like he was a nice guy, even though he cheated well, on his he, wife and did all sorts it, of well, things. Well. But.
3: Well, he's a nice guy. After the uh, uh, after the uh, Republicans took over and were see, able see, to, see, see, like this is pass- the
0: problem, though. I, I I don't think we can define people as being nice guys or not based on whether or not we agree with their politics. I, I got plenty of friends of mine who are Democrats, well, and we disagree well, on everything. But I'm not going to say they're not a nice guy. They would keep my well, dog for well, me if I went out of town. They'd tr- keep my yard up if I was sick.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, what I'm saying is, a nice guy might can do your lawn. I mean, a, a not nice guy might be able to keep your lawn looking good, but you may not want to hang out with him. That's just what I'm saying. If he does his job correctly, and uh, who who can argue that uh, um, we have a president that hadn't uh, upheld his promises? I mean, he's done a spectacular job as far as keeping his promises on the on the campaign trail but see again
0: Uh, this this is though why why i I take issue with what you're saying here is that you're you're making about his policies i'm just saying by all accounts the people i don't know ted terry But the people who I do know, Ted Terry, even if they disagree with him on politics, and I think to a person they do, they'll say he's a very nice guy. You go go to a baseball game with him. You go out to eat with him. uh, You can hang out with him, have a beer and and not talk politics, and you'd be fine. Same with President Trump, for that matter. You can hang out with him and have a great time and not talk politics. Um, But when we decide this person can't be a nice guy because I disagree with him on politics, I think we're no better than progressives when we do that. The Antifa people marching in the streets. That's what they think. We shouldn't be like them. It is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, checking the radar, there really is nothing immediately in the listening area. Everything its really weird. It's almost like an orbit around the metro area. It's just a big circle. It goes from southern Alabama up through Birmingham, wraps around uh, Rome, Adairsville, over to uh, north of Gainesville and, and down, just just spinning around the metro area. We will get some rain. Uh, but if you're headed north this weekend, if you're headed up to the mountains this weekend, trying to find some cool air, you are going to get storms uh, the further north you go. The Dahlonega area, north of headed to Chattanooga, uh, up towards Greenville area, up towards Cashiers and and all those hoity-toity places in in uh north carolina uh the highlands that's the area i'm thinking of yep you're gonna get rain between here and there so just so you know if you're headed out to lake country this weekend you're good until you get to the south end of millageville you're gonna have some rain uh there on the bottom of lake sinclair now all right we got to spend some time here on these hearings today on capitol hill the oversight committee Elijah Cummins, now the chair, not Jim Jordan, and it began with a bit of theater from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who insisted she be sworn in under oath. Now, now here's the thing you need to understand. By law, one need not be sworn in to a congressional hearing if you are a member of Congress, because it is against the law to lie to Congress already. It's more perfunctory uh, for witnesses who are not members of Congress and have not already taken the oath, but
5: uh, here you go. Thank you very much, mister Castillo Casio-Cortez.
6: Um, Mr. Chair, I would like to be sworn in.
5: I'm sorry?
6: I would like to be sworn in.
5: Oh, all right. We usually don't require uh, a swearing in, of, but do you want to be sworn in? Fine. Yes. All right. Okay. okay. Do you... Stand up, please. Do you swear or affirm that the testimony you are about to give is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God? I do. You may be seated. Let the, let the uh, record reflect that Miss Ocasio-Cortez answered in the affirmative.
0: <laughs> yes, the background music was necessary for this momentous... I mean, her, her the, the Justice Democrats, out they're like, Oh, my God. Oh,
4: oh, she had to be sworn in! Oh,
0: she tells the truth. Well, and then she promptly lied once she got under oath. Listen to this. When these
6: women tell me that they were put into a cell and that their sink was not working and we tested the sink ourselves and the sink was not working and they were told to drink out of a toilet bowl i believe them i believe these women
0: yep she believed these women she believed them um uh, yeah okay all uh, right sure well here's jim jordan responding to all this used to be the chairman and now he's the uh, ranking minority member of the Oversight Committee.
5: Mr. Chairman, what we're going to hear from Democrats this morning is astonishing. It will be truly astonishing. For months they declared there wasn't even a crisis on the border. Senator Warren said a fake crisis at the border is fear-mongering of the worst kind, and we're not falling for it. But weeks later, Democrats sure have changed their tune. Chairman just recently said, Congress cannot ignore the humanitarian crisis at the border for years now. Republicans have been warning about the crisis and working hard to find solutions. And all the while, Democrats have denied there was even a problem. This is not about politics. It's always been about preserving the integrity of our border and preventing the humanitarian crisis that we are all now witnessing. Democrats are in charge here. They set the agenda. The chairman could have had this hearing on a border crisis in January. He could have had one in February or March or April. Instead, prioritize politi- politi- uh, political hearings, like the hearing. Well, like the hearing we first had.
4: <laughs>
0: yes, that's Congressman Jim Jordan pointing out that all, all of this stuff is now being so hyper politicized. Well, there's a new guy in Congress uh, who I've got to know. Really like the guy. Uh, he is a congressman from Texas. Uh, His name is Michael Cloud. He is, um, oh, I I think he represents the the Houston area, the the South Houston area. Really a nice guy. Uh, Fascinating background. I did a podcast with him, video podcast, uh, that you might have seen at The Resurgent a while back. He was one of the witnesses at the hearing today. You know, you do have to give Elijah Cumming, the uh, chairman of the committee, some credit here because... He allowed the Republicans to do this. They were only going to have Democratic members of Congress testify. Uh, Jim Jordan reached out and said, hey, we've had people who have gone to the border, too. I, I think in interest of fairness, you should allow them to testify, particularly when you're putting Homeland Security agents and Customs and Immigration Enforcement agents up there, and, and the Democrats are going to attack them. Let some Republicans be witnesses about what they've seen at the border and, and come into And And Michael Cloud was one of them, along with my friend Ship Roy. So here's Michael Cloud, member of Congress from Texas.
1: First of all, I'd like to thank the men and women of the Border Patrol and Immigrations and Custom Enforcement for their continued service to this nation. Many of them are veterans who view this job as a way to continue their service to our great nation. Many have served overseas to preserve our freedom on the front lines and defending our borders at home. They view it as a way to continue their service back home. Wednesday marked the one-year anniversary from when I was sworn into office. What I've learned in a year is that many members of Congress would rather talk about a problem than actually fix it. Thankfully, the President has made this a priority, and it's past time for Congress to do the same. I cannot understand why we would allow this problem to continue when we know what would help to fix it. Border Patrol and ICE are doing the best they can with extremely limited resources that we have given them. They understand they don't have the tools and resources they need to even begin thinking about mitigating the influence cartels have in our nation because Border Patrol is undermanned and underfunded and Congress has done nothing to help. During our visit just a few weeks ago, the phrase I heard over and over is, there is no end in sight. Deputy Chief Roy Boyd of Victoria County Sheriff Office says that gangs are moving more and more into slave trade now because of how profitable it is. While a kilo of cocaine or any drug can be sold once, Human beings can be sold numerous times every day. Congress is allowing these cartels to massively profit because we refuse to close off the avenues they are using to smuggle migrants.
0: You know, it, it actually is a pretty awful thing that this is happening with the cartels. He's not wrong here. He's telling the truth. Uh, unlike AOC, who wanted to be sworn in to lie, uh, he didn't need to be sworn in to tell the truth. Uh, Congressman Cloud from Texas it is striking what's happening at the border. I'm trying to get the audio. I have not been able to track it down yet of the head of the Border Patrol testifying as well. And she pointed out that instead of having a show trial, which is essentially what happened today, Congress could change the law if they don't like what's happening at the border. They could fund the Border Patrol. The Border Patrol has been telling them since Barack Obama was president that they needed more money, that the situation was intensifying, that the the problems were escalating, and Congress wanted to grandstand on the issue. They could have done something. And yes, Republicans in charge of Congress could have done something as well, and they chose not to. And the Democrats are absolutely not going to. And the problem with the Democrats is they're very divided because you have some of the Democrats want to get rid of Homeland Security altogether. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has come out and said she thinks they need to get rid of Homeland Security altogether and you got democrats lining up with her saying i mean look at the look at the democrats running for congress who thinks it should not be against the law to cross the border and other democrats of course understand there's a problem swing state democrats are starting to align with republicans on this issue knowing they have a problem and the democrats increasingly are going to be an open revolt over these issues and deservedly so frankly Uh, This is going to be a huge fight in Congress. The hearings, by the way, are continuing to to go on. Ocasio-Cortez continuing to grandstand before the committee, uh, just just fabulizing before the committee. uh, The Republicans next to her, they're like, man, what is she doing here? It's just absolutely, absolutely crazy. But yet that's what she's doing. And the Republicans are trying to respond and say, you know, there really is a problem here. What's so amazing going back to that Jim Jordan clip is you now have Democrats. Actually, even the New York Times editorial page starting to say, wait a second we got to do something to fix this problem and yet the democrats are being blocked by democrats the phone number here is wsb talk uh i'm about to raise the price on the resurgent gathering if you want to come you can still get it for 99 dollars uh, next week the price is going up um, because we're very soon going to be able to announce our, once the secret service gives us permission, our big guest. Um, so you probably want to go in and register. If you want text the word Atlanta to three, four, five, three, four, five, you will get a link. Uh, when you text Atlanta to three, four, five, three, four, five, you're going to get a link, uh, to Eventbrite, and you will need to register through the, click that link to register. Just texting Atlanta to three, four, five, three, four, five doesn't actually register you. You have to follow the link. Um, but we have we are, have locked in our guests. We're going to have the governor there. Where the governor of Tennessee is now coming, uh, Senator Purdue is coming. Senator Cotton from Arkansas, Senator Scott from uh, South Carolina is coming. Uh, Doug Collins and Jody Heiss from Georgia will be here. Chip Roy and Mark Meadows with the House Freedom Caucus, they're coming. Uh, we're even going to have executives from Google and Facebook and Microsoft there to talk about Internet privacy and uh, discrimination against conservatives online. We've invited them to come sit on stage and have conversations with me about this. Also, some great candidates running for office around the country are going to be there as well uh, to introduce you to them. Uh, it's going to be a great, great time. I hope you can come. So text Atlanta to 345 345 when we come back, I, I actually, I the reason I'm telling you this now is I need you to come back because I need to play you a clip of Kristen Gillibrand, who is not a very successful Democratic candidate for office. Uh, she's running for president. She's the senator from New York who replaced Hillary Clinton when Clinton ran for president. But the language that she uses, there are some things that I, I just feel compelled to point out to all of you as uh, indicative of how the Democrats are going to lose to Donald Trump. And it, it just, if if we can, if I can, I'll, if you'll allow me to do a minor masterclass in uh, how you run for office by using this clip, I want to, because it, it's something that you hear more and more on the campaign trail. And it's, it's something you're hearing more pervasively from democrats than from republicans on the campaign trail and whether you're running for office or whether you're a voter you we should analyze this clip and i won't play you the whole thing probably but it's worth doing to show you why the democratic message is not resonating the way the democrats want it to resonate and why even more democrats are starting to be fretful of the idea that donald trump is going to run gonna win re-election there's another op-ed today from Andrew Sullivan telling Democrats: uh, stop going so far left, you're going to get this guy reelected. Oh, welcome, it's Eric Harrison here. Sorry, um, the, so the Congressional Black Caucus's Lacey Clay uh, is being targeted by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's group Justice Democrats, refers to the group as Russian trolls, saying instead of defeating Trump and holding on to our majority, they find it convenient to go after their own, which to me is a bunch of BS. Another leadership aide referred to them as unsuccessful nerds, and then uh, another aide told Scott Wong, who is a reporter for the hill quote uh aoc is only a woman of color when it's convenient none of the things she's fought for aligned with communities of color and her group is funded only by elitist white liberals. she's a puppet and then sent a picture of a goomba you know a goomba they're the little mushroom headed characters from the super mario brothers days yeah Whoa. wow this is heating up. Well, and they've got another problem. Uh, the Democrats have, uh, Alexandria Cortez is emblematic of this. They've lost their ability to speak to people. Um, you, you may not think so well, because they're playing to crowds. Uh, but speaking to crowds is different from speaking to individuals. Uh, when you run for office, you need to tell people what you're going to do for them, not collectively, but individually. And and I want to play you some audio Uh, Of Kristen Gillibrand, who's not a successful politician, and to a degree it's a fair criticism to say I shouldn't be doing this with a clip from her, and the reason I shouldn't be is because she's not a very successful, charismatic, dynamic politician, except the language she's using here in this clip is the language that you hear the other Democrats using routinely— And so a very short masterclass in running for office, if you will. By way of this clip, uh, this is Kristen Gillibrand of New York on the campaign trail in Warren, Ohio, being interviewed by an MSNBC reporter.
7: You started the day in Pittsburgh, and we went down to Uniontown, about an hour south of Pittsburgh, to talk to a coal miner. And he's been mining for 15 years. He was a longtime Democrat, flipped his vote to President Trump in 2016, and is concerned when he hears Democrats talking about the Green New Deal. He feels it threatens his job. What's your response to something like that, to what he has to say?
6: Well, I explained to him that the Green New Deal is just some bipartisan ideas that will actually help the economy in his state grow. Um, It's it's involved with infrastructure, uh, more mass transit, more high-speed rail, more rural broadband, uh, more, uh, more efficient electric grid, all things that would help Pennsylvania. Uh, it's about green jobs. It's about teaching young people STEM subjects so they're ready to take green jobs, but also investing in industries like wind, solar, geothermal, hydropower, and biofuels to create opportunities for innovation and growth in those sectors. And last, uh, it's about clean air and clean water, something that they desperately need in Pennsylvania. So what I would commit to uh, as president is I'd make sure we take any worker who's underemployed or unemployed, anyone who's displaced by trying to tackle global climate change head on with more manufacturing jobs in the energy sector. So why not replace coal mining with uh, uh, green energy manufacturing in that state, with wind turbine manufacture, with solar pattern manufacture, or even with manufacturing building materials that are LED certified and um, helpful to tackle coal climate change? Because the truth is, and he knows this, I'm sure, is it's the greatest threat to humanity and when we have the wildfires in California and the droughts and the tornadoes in the Midwest and the flooding everywhere, people are dying and you have to address this challenge as the great threat to humanity it is.
0: Now that was her clip. Uh, That was her statement to MSNBC and I want to walk you through it somewhat slowly and point out a few things to you about how she's talking as a candidate those of you who are running for office pay attention to this those of you who are voters uh you've already picked up on it i'm sure now let's go back through this it is important that you hear first what the uh reporter asks her you started
7: the day in pittsburgh and we went down to Uniontown, not about an hour south of pittsburgh
0: pay attention to the name of the town union town yeah, you could say, okay, this is a town of people who were, they, they were union voters, they they, they supported the union in the Civil War, but big tip-off here, these are people who are in a union, and they're proud of it, and they're a union of what? Coal miners, for this guy, who who's, uh, was interviewed.
7: To talk to a coal miner, and he's been mining for 15 years.
0: He's been at his job for 15 years. Relevant background here. He
7: was a longtime Democrat, flipped his vote to President Trump in 2016.
0: So he voted for Barack Obama. He's one of those... Those Democrats, the Democrats now call racist. He was a Obama supporter who's now a Trump supporter.
7: Concerned when he hears Democrats talking about the Green New Deal. Right. He feels it threatens his job. What's your response
0: to something like that? To what? Now, and I hate to keep doing this, but this is important. His question is, he's concerned when you hear the Democrats talk about the Green New Deal that they're threatening his job. So how does she answer? That's the same.
6: Well, I explained to him that the Green New Deal is just some bipartisan ideas that will actually help the economy and his state grow.
0: So first... He's an idiot. That, that's what comes across here. I, I would explain to him that the Green New Deal is bipartisan. The presumption here is that he doesn't know what the Green New Deal is, that he she needs to explain it to him better than what he already knows. When you're approaching a voter, even if you think the voter's an idiot and most voters are idiots, don't treat them like an idiot because it comes across. Uh, presume that they know more about the subject than yourself.
6: Um it's in, it's involved with infrastructure, uh more mass transit, more high-speed rail, more rural broadband, uh more a more efficient electric grid, all things that would help Pennsylvania.
0: Now notice what she's doing. She's talking about how her policy proposal would help not this individual, but help the state of Pennsylvania which is rather esoteric it's a very abstract concept that this green new deal will help with infrastructure and manufacturing and mass transit things that this person probably has a truck and doesn't take advantage of she doesn't know who it is she's extrapolating broadly from a group of progressive voters not from a guy who went from obama to trump she she's uh projecting it to people in her own bubble uh
6: it's about green jobs it's about teaching young people stem subjects so they're ready to take green jobs but what does this have to do with him so investing in industries like wind, solar, geothermal, hydropower, and biofuels to create opportunities for innovation and growth in those sectors. And
0: So is she coming for his
6: job? Uh, it's about clean air and clean water, something that they desperately need in Pennsylvania.
0: Why is she talking down the state now to this voter? She She's insulting the state. Pennsylvania doesn't have clean air. Pennsylvania doesn't have clean water. Why does she hate my state this voter is listening to now? So
6: what I would commit to uh, as president is I'd make sure we take any worker who's underemployed or unemployed, anyone who's displaced by trying to tackle global climate change head on.
0: So wait, she's admitting he will be put out of a job with more manufacturing jobs in the energy sector. Wait, but he's not a manufacturer. He, he's a coal miner.
6: So why not replace coal mining with uh, a Green energy manufacturing in that state, with
0: because he knows how to mine coal, he doesn't know how to manufacture a solar panel.
6: And turbine manufacturer, with
0: he's been at this job for 15 years, and she's telling him he's going to have to go back to school to learn a new line of field. Who's going to pay for the college education?
6: Solar panel manufacturer, or even with manufacturing building materials that are LED certified, and. Um, helpful to tackle coal cloud change
0: because so what's LED I mean I know what that is but does he know what that is does, does this coal miner who's been mining for 15 years who's now being told by this politician that she's going to allow him by the grace of government to go find work in a new field that he doesn't know anything about uh, he's going to learn the lingo too is,
6: and he knows this I'm sure is It's the greatest threat to humanity, and when we have the
0: wildfires in (laughs) California—wait, wait, 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 wait. wait—so she just presumes that he knows it, and and notice how she frames this: is that the guy must be a terrible person if he disagrees with her? That this is the greatest threat to humanity, and and he's got to be an awful person if he disagrees. This is the most belittling, condescending garbage I've—have you ever heard someone this belittling? And the problem here: I'm using Kristen Gillibrand, but a lot of the other Democrats aren't any better. When faced with a real voter's concern, not a hypothetical voter, but a real voter who's been in a job for 15 years doing something they don't like and her response is, well, we're going to put you in a new job, buddy, whether you like it or not. Yeah, you're right. We're going to shut you down. And if you disagree with us, you're a terrible person. That's what the Democratic Party is doing right now. She's just the worst at it. And it's deeply, I think, enlightening to show How she answered this question is to show why she's doing terribly personally, but also why the Democrats overall are doing. When when reaching out to voters individually, what you should never, ever do is presume the voter doesn't know what they're actually talking about, and you should also presume that the voter wants an answer for themselves, not for their state, not for their community, not for hypothetical children they don't have, but for them This is a guy who's been a coal miner for 15 years. Probably means he didn't go to college. Maybe he did, but probably didn't if he's working in the coal mines for 15 years. And she's going to presume that he can become a solar power panel manufacturer? Wow. If you're running for office, never be like Kristin Gillibrand. What an atrocious answer. Now, the phone number here is one 1-800-WSB-TALK. I have terrible clock management skills in the last segment, so I have less than 30 seconds. I cannot get to your phone calls, but when we come back, I will take your phone calls, uh, but you got to call in now. It is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News. The full number is 404 872 750 wsb talk Showers starting to move into parts of the metro area. In the Noonan area, Peachtree City is going to get some Sprinkles Griffin. And then up in the Canton area, there's some light rain. Uh, the heaviest stuff, though, up in north Georgia now, north of Gainesville, north of Jasper, uh, north of Adairsville. Um, but uh, it's... We're going to have some interesting weather here in the next next few days. So stick with us. Stick with Kurt Mellis. She can keep you up to speed. Let's go to Pamela in Marietta. Pamela, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. What's going on? Okay.
3: So I got my ticket for the resurgent conference awesome. a few months ago. So that's done. And by the way, thank you for being on the Trump train. Happy to. <laughs> but I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about your analysis in your article this morning in, in your resurgent um, newsletter on the WinRed database. Yes. I saw that popping up on my um, Facebook uh-huh. and I kind of looked at it and I'm going like, what is this? I'm concerned, of course, for the reasons that you outlined, but I'm also concerned um, because I'm supporting a candidate in the 6th District who is not the candidate who lost last year against the Democrat. And I'm wondering if the NRCC are going to push donations towards her and not give us all a, a level playing field. Well,
0: see, this is the problem. For those of you who don't know what Pam was talking about, let me bring you up to speed. Um, there is a company out there called Rev, and it was an online fundraising portal for Republicans. It was not very successful. And uh, the guy who ran it was a uh, deeply tied into the Republican establishment on Capitol Hill and then wound up working a few months in the White House, couldn't get a security clearance, jumped out, started Rev. And has been unable to really build the business. So he went to uh, friends within the consultant class of the Republican Party and they went to consultants on the Trump campaign and essentially sold them on an idea of let's put everyone on the same fundraising portal. We'll call it win red and we'll control it and we'll make massive commissions off of it it's actually for small dollar donors really expensive to use WinRed because although purportedly it charges a a smaller commission than some sites it also sticks 30 cents per transaction on you can bet that 36 per 30 cents per transaction is going to go to the bottom lines of the consultants so there's a really big uh site out there called Anodot. i i use it at the resurgent for for donations Anodot was funded and built by a computer technologist named Paul Dietzel, who was a conservative candidate for Congress, a Republican Christian conservative. The Republican establishment pulled out the stops to beat him because he was super conservative. And in pulling out all the stops to beat him, he, he lost, but in uh, he realized how conservatives were getting scammed by the establishment and their online fundraising portal. So he built his own, he called it Anodot, and it's got about 80% of Republican candidates now using it. Well, what the Win Red guys are doing, remember, these are the guys, they hated Trump, they ran against Trump, they lost to Trump, and then they embedded within the administration. They now convinced the president to help them fund their own fundraising portal. And people close to the president are going to make money off of it. His consultants are going to make money off of it. But all the people who hated Donald Trump are going to make money off of it. And they've done something else. They've established a deal with Data Trust. Data Trust is a Carl Rove-backed group that manages all of the data for the Republican Party. So when you donate to your candidate, Data Trust is going to know you donated to your candidate. Now, what happens when Donald Trump is gone? They, let's say they're successful in getting rid of antidot The only platform Republicans will be able to use is the Swin Red platform. It's more expensive than anything on the left. Small dollar donors get taxed more than any uh, competing enterprise on the left. The Karl Rove back groups will control all of the data. What happens when a House Freedom Caucus guy falls out of line? Do you really believe they're going to let Jody Heiss use this platform and that his site isn't going to be slow or mess up? Do you really believe it? Do you you think they're going to play? Once they have a monopoly, they've shut out all the other conservative fundraising engines. Do you really believe that's going to happen? I, I don't think it is, and I'm deeply worried. And what people aren't paying attention to is the fact that the consultants who tried to stop the president are the ones who are controlling the strings at this outfit. And all of these guys believe in private, behind the scenes, you talk to them in the green rooms of America, TV stations, and they'll tell you they think Trump's just a passing fad. Everything will go back to normal when he's gone. They're going to try to make sure it happens by blocking trump candidates and house freedom caucus guys from being able to fundraise they're going to have all of their data they're going to be able to share it you 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 send your data somebody gives jody Heiss money and through this platform and it goes off to the data trust guess what these people are going to start getting bombarded by the candidates running against i saying hey we're a better guy we we know you support him but give us a try this is going to end badly badly for conservatives Badly. Uh, we need Anadot. So, Anadot has responded, and, and I love their idea. It's called give.gop, and candidates don't get charged the commissions. And, Anadot doesn't sell your data. So, if you want to give money to Jody Heiss through Anadot, uh, the Republican consultants out there who don't like Heiss will never know. They're, it's completely private and Anodot isn't a pass-through entity it it does a direct connection so you're not donating to Anodot or or give gop you're donating to jody heiss you're just using their platform now what i love about it and i told him i would roll this out with the resurgent is a slate card i you can design i can design anyone can design a slate card and i say here are the candidates i think you should support jody heiss in georgia doug collins in georgia uh chip roy in texas michael cloud in texas donald trump for president david Perdue for senate tom cotton for senate and i can build my my own slate card of people that I like. And you can say, I want to give uh, $50 divided up between these candidates, or I want to give uh, $10 to each of these candidates, however you want to do it. And I can embed it on the research you can embed it on your Facebook page. And, and I can't wait to be able to show you my slate card. We'll talk about it here on the show. Um, but if the Republican consultant class is able to win by shutting out a site like Anadot in, in creating a monopoly r- run by Republican consultants who didn't like Trump, you're going to start seeing conservatives getting shut out by the RNC and other groups if this WinRed fundraising portal survives. And by the way, it's it's a terrible rollout, too. Half the site doesn't work. They're still having all sorts of problems. And the Republican uh, Republican National Committee and, and related groups are having to beg candidates to sign on. It is a trap. It is a trap. Conservatives should avoid it like the plague. Kirk in DeKalb County. I want to go to you next. Welcome. How are you?
3: I'm good, Eric. How about you? Good. So I, I just want to say this, and, and I don't want to go too far into it. I'll just say this much. We've had the same problems, essentially, in this country for, what, ever? Yeah. And we've had two parties that have dominated, and it doesn't matter which is R or blue that is in office. When they control Congress in the White House, we get nothing. Uh, and it just seems like we've had the immigration problem forever, and Democrats have controlled everything, Republicans have, Republicans have controlled everything, and we still don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you the reason I feel that way is because at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, nobody really has real principles that are about this country. They have principles that will keep them getting elected. So they pander to whatever side they're on, back and forth, and we get nothing, and we get screwed at the end of it. And so that's what uh, listen, just irritates me about it.
0: I, 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 if I could, like, end the show right there, Kurt, I would, because I would give you the last word, because I, I totally agree with you on this. Um, and I keep thinking that momentum is building in this country for a third party. Uh, Because there actually is a very underserved demographic in this country, and that is uh, people who are socially conservative and yet aren't the fiscal conservatives like I am. And the data is showing they're getting very frustrated with both parties. The leftward progressive drift of the Democrats isn't helping them with minority voters in particular.